And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps postgame show. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander. I'd like to thank you guys for tuning in to this, the Wrap It Up podcast, your only live and interactive Toronto Raptors postgame show there is. This show is for you, Raptors fans, and I know there haven't been a lot of wins as of late to discuss. I know that, but we have one tonight. It happened. It really happened. Your Toronto Raptors are winners. 117 to 112 against DeMar DeRozan and the San Antonio Spurs in English. Wow. Again, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and I'd like to thank you guys for tuning in wherever you happen to be streaming this podcast live, or if you're part of the podcast crew on the next day, got mad love for y'all too. But if you ever want to tune in live, because we do take your comments and questions, you can find us on YouTube, which that stream is under Sheldon Alexander. That is the name of the YouTube channel. Make sure you like and subscribe there. Maybe you're more of a Twitch person. We got you covered there. Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash on blast podcast or of course we got you on twitter as well and that channel is at shell alexander tons of places where you can consume us live or as mentioned if you ever want to catch us the next day we got you wherever you get your pods apple Podcasts, spotify soundcloud google play or the aforementioned youtube remember like and subscribe tell your friends this is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post-game show. Your post-game show, Raptors fans. And I know you guys are hyped. Because this wasn't a game that I think many people thought the Raps were going to win. And there was a lot of word early, you know, Kyle Lowry still out. As he nurses his toe injury. Fred Van Fleet, healthy but serving his suspension. Gary Trent Jr., nursing an ankle injury. He's out in this game. Also, no DeAndre Bembry. Those are like your regular like guys that will get a lot of minutes for your squad. So with all those guys out, the Raptors starting lineup consisted of Malachi Flynn, OG Ananobi at the two, which I don't know if you were listening to the Raptors broadcast, but hey guys, OG Ananobi was playing the two tonight, and that's a big deal. <laughs> I just thought that was funny how much they kept mentioning it, like, it's not that big of a deal between playing the two and the three in this modern NBA. Like, I get it, but it's not that big of a deal. It's perimeter players, and you have inside players. I mean, I don't know. Anyways, Malachi Flynn, OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, uh, Chris Boucher, and Kem Birch, the all-Montreal starting or front line, which is kind of cool, really cool to see. I mean... Depending on how old you are watching this pod, how long you've been watching the game of basketball, it's so strange. You know, at some points, we got to take a step back and acknowledge just how cool it is that you have two Montreal guys starting for the Toronto Raptors in a win. That's huge. Huge, 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 huge. So, as mentioned, that starting lineup, I don't know what your expectations were for that starting lineup, but... All five of those dudes end up in doubled figures. All five Raptors starters in double figures. Utah off the bench with 11. A balanced attack, which is what you would need if you had a chance to win this game. Because realistically, you don't want to be sur surviving on, you know, Siakam trying to go for 40 or OG trying to go for 40. You know, you got a balanced attack. When you go through the box score, you look at this game and you see, as mentioned, OG with 22 points. But 22 points on 7 of 14 shooting. He was 4 of 7 from 3. It's pretty good for OG and Anobi, right? Then you go to Pascal. Pascal with 20 and 11. Also give him 6 assists, 2 steals and a block. And Pascal, he struggled for the majority of this game. 7 for 20 from the floor. But one of the things I always say about Freddie, especially when the team's down, when the team's not, you know, playing shorthanded, Freddie just figures out a way to get to 20 points because he knows... For them to have a chance to win, he has to get to 20 points. And so I think the same thing applies here for Pascal. Yeah, the shooting percentage isn't where you'd want it to be, but he knows he has to get buckets with the team being depleted for them to have a chance to win. 
So you take the 20 points, 11 rebounds. Again, six assists from Pascal is really good. Plus a couple steals in a block shows you that he's being active. But the real active number there is the 11 rebounds. That's huge. That's showing effort. That's showing, you know, just you're in the game. It's not just about him trying to get buckets. Like he was active on both ends. And I think that part's really, really important. And that's what Nick Nurse wants to see more consistently, just that side of Pascal's game. And the raps coming into this one were, I want to say, 1-11 on the second night of a back-to-back this season, which is an NBA worst. So they talked, and you heard OG mention it in the postgame, just how important it was that Nick Nurse kept bringing it up, you know, just the fact that, you know, got to come out with effort. There's no excuses. You got to come out and show effort on the second night of a back-to-back. It's not an excuse. This is the NBA. Every team is going through the same difficult situations in terms of schedule. And so it's unacceptable for the team to be this bad consistently on the second night of a back-to-back. And you saw that effort early on because they came out in that first quarter and they were ready. Right, Great run off the front end, and you're getting it from your guys that you would need it from in terms of OG Ananobi, who had 11 points in that first quarter. And I thought that was really huge. It's setting the tone. It's saying, don't worry, guys. I got this. We're here. We're not going to just lay down in this game to a Spurs team that's in the thick of the playoffs. And you know the Raps shot the three ball well. I want to say they had nine threes in that first quarter. But again, just getting confidence, getting out to a good start, and that's so important, especially when you're playing with you know a team that you're playing with guys that aren't really used to playing together yet, right? Kem Birch played 29 minutes in this game, 14 points, six rebounds, six and nine from the floor. And you're starting to see more from him. I thought you saw a lot more of him and Malachi running that pick and roll. And It's going to take a little bit for Raptors fans to get used to watching it, but also for the Raptors players to get used to him in terms of how he finishes. And you've seen him be able to pull up around where the dotted circle is and hit that little floater, that part of his game's there. And he's just an active, big body, super athletic. And so if you get him engaged, you keep him going and developing, and he can be a piece of your team going forward. In the double digits again, if you're getting 14 and 6 from him, 6 of 9 from the floor, that's huge. Also, he had two blocks. That's also huge. When you add that in with Mr. Gillespie coming off the bench, who had 8 rebounds and 3 blocks, right? So, Gillespie off the bench in 19 minutes, 9 and 8 in 3 blocks. That's exactly what the Raptors have been looking for this entire season from their center position. Just be a big body bang around, crash around. There's that one play where Gillespie tried to block DeMar and maybe he fouled him, whatever, but he just didn't let DeMar dunk. And then the ball bounced away to someone else. Who was it? Their backup center. Uh, Drawing a blank here. Who's their backup center? Eubanks. Or Newbanks. And he got the ball and he threw it down. But Gillespie was right there again trying to challenge it. And I think, you know... We, we miss that now in this NBA where you don't have just, you know, the shot blockers that are willing to get dunked on. It was just good to see, like, and this is a dude that, how are you going to get into the league? You might get dunked on a couple times, but you're going to get into the league because you're showing effort on defense. You're showing heart. You're showing that you're not just going to let a guy get a layup or get a dunk. No, you're going to play hard. That's how you're going to get into the league. And if you look around the NBA nowadays, being totally honest, the way that the game's changed, there is room for guys who are just going to be just that shot blocker, huge body, playing in the middle, playing defense, grabbing rebounds, and blocking shots. Heck, ask the Brooklyn Nets. They might be the best team in the league right now, but if you gave them just whatever generic create a player in 2K, right, that was just, you know, a solid defensive player that got rebounds and played defense and blocked shots, guarantee you Steve Nash and them would take that generic creator player. Am I making like a dated reference, by the way? Because I haven't played video games in a long time. But oh, I always remember back in the day, you know, PlayStation and shit, like early PlayStations, when you'd have the creator player and it was like SG-22 or whatever. And like, it was just like the most basic... <laughs> 
there's a running joke we used to have way back in the day. We used to call the gen- the creative player Anthony Parker, which is not a disrespect, but it's just like a solid, like you'd be solid, but it's just very generic with the game. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, wild tangent. I apologize. But you get the point. Gillespie being a solid big body. And if you look at the Raptors production from their bigs, this to me was the main reason why they won this game. They controlled the paint. A season high in rebounds for the Toronto Raptors with 54 rebounds, but 48 points in the paint. When you control that matchup, you put yourself in a better chance to win games. And that's just not a position that your Toronto Raptors have been in for the majority of the season, where they've been able to dominate the paint like that. So again, go to their big guys. Gillespie with nine and eight, three blocks. Mentioned Birch, 14 points, six rebounds, two blocks. Chris Boucher, 12 points, 12 rebounds. And then again, Pascal with 20 points and 11 rebounds. That's great production from your big guys. And that put the Raptors in a position to win this game. Because let's be honest, there are a lot of, there are a lot of shots that were available for rebounds because the Spurs were missing a lot of shots. And they came back towards the end to kind of make it seem as if it was close. But it really wasn't that close. Like the Raptors were in control of this game from the jump. And the Spurs, I think, went on a bit of a run to kind of make it seem like it was close at the end. But they shot horribly. And when I really take a look at the Spurs team, I feel like they might be in somewhat of an interesting position kind of like the raps and what i mean by that is they have a they have vets on their team right you have DeRozan, you have uh guys like rudy gay you have patty mills then you have their young guys right johnson and deontay murray and they have those guys and so there's a, a weird mix going on but when you look at how they distribute the minutes the young guys get a lot more minutes And then I felt like Patty Mills would come in and Patty Mills would cook and then they'd come back and then he'd go back to the bench. (laughs) And it was just so weird to me when you're looking at this team and seeing how they were playing and it was like, I'm really confused. And then in crunch time towards the end of the game, you notice that it was mostly DeRozan, Rudy Gay, Patty Mills all coming all in the game when they're trying to make the comeback at the end. So it's this trying to retool while still being competitive at the same time. And it didn't work in this game, obviously. And you look at overall for the season, the Spurs are one game below 500. So, I mean, you're getting mixed results to say the least. But end of the day, if you're the Raps, positive signs all around as you see, you know, another game from Malachi Flynn where I thought he played okay. The shooting numbers weren't there, 4-15, 16 points for him, but seven assists, two steals. And I think... Kyle summed it up the other day, or maybe he was talking about what Kyle's been telling him, you know, just that the scoring is going to come. You can get buckets, right? You've scored at every single level of basketball you've ever played in. In the NBA, playing the game of point guard, there's so much more to it, right? You're going to, you're controlling the game and him being in this position where there's no Fred and no Kyle, it's trial. Like he's just being thrown in. And so For him now, the development, game in, game out, you're going to get your shots. You can get your shots whenever you want, same as you've been able to do at every other level, but your job is also to get other guys involved. Your job is to set the pace, set the tempo for the game. And there were some moments where you could tell, you know, Jack was pointing it out on the broadcast where guys seem to be in trouble or guys seem to be trapped and he's got to show more and demand the ball, you know, like go help out the big who's getting trapped or, you know, the raps appeared to have a lot of trouble breaking the press at the very end of the game as well. That's going to come with more reps, right? So, I mean, not much negative to say here about the Toronto Raptors. I mean, unless you're subscribing to tank nation, which I've been saying, I mean, This team can do what they want. They can put whoever in the lineup and not have them in the lineup. But at the end of the day, the structure that Nick Nurse provides, the the structure that this team is built on in terms of you only get minutes or you only get yourself in the door because you bust your ass and you play defense, that structure, it's going to be hard to tank with, right? Because you're only drafting dudes like Malachi Flynn who have busted their ass to get to where they got to right? You're only 
signing guys like Utah Watanabe, who every time you see that kid get on the floor, he's just running up and down, causing havoc on defense, just making a muck of everything on the defensive end. And then now in this game, I mean, my guy had 11 points, as mentioned, four of six from the floor, three of five from three point land. And he was very confident, more confident than you've seen him look on the offensive end in the last few games. And he's hitting shots. And if that part of his game develops, there's no doubt he's going to have a spot in the Raptors rotation going forward because his defense is there. The hustle is there. The intangibles are there. And so you just need him. Like if he goes to that, you know, maybe you should watch the old school Greg Popovich tapes, you know, like uh, Steven Jackson has talked about this a lot. Richard Jefferson has talked about this a lot, how Greg Popovich would work with these guys in the off season. And basically there, it was just simplified. This is a spot, this elbow three, this is where you got to be able to hit that shot. This is where you're going to get your shots. If you can knock down that shot and play defense, you will get minutes. And it worked, right? So if you think of that in the modern day 3 and D guy, why can't Utah be that? He's got the defense part down and you're seeing him shoot the three a lot better. So why not? Makes a lot of sense. As I referenced that Greg Popovich thing, I remembered, and this is a long time ago, because definitely Parker, Ginobili, and Tim Duncan were still on the team, 1,000%. And this was a game the Spurs were playing in Toronto. And I remember I was doing, I was, you know, at that point, like I was covering the team, so I was down there for the pregame, and Greg Popovich just savaged every single reporter in the scrum. Like, just gave them a one-answer question, just like, yeah, whatever, like every single person in the scrum. And I remember like I asked a question about, I think I was trying to get sound to see if I could put together a story. Like I'm assuming everybody tries to put together a story when the Spurs come to town. That was like, oh, how is this big three still doing it? How are the Spurs still this good after all these years? And, you know, the domination continues. So I asked him a question about, you know, what kind of privilege is it like to coach uh, Tim Duncan and Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili, something to that effect, right? Like, you know, like how lucky do you feel to coach those three guys and, you know, they set the tone and the foundation for the team or whatever, something like that. And he's been asked that question probably 25 million times. So I get why he's just like, really? Like, this is what we're talking about. So he just gave me, he's like, yeah, it's pretty good. And I kind of chuckled and he just like death stared and there are other reporters in the scrum trying to ask questions too. And he's just kind of like, nothing, nothing, nothing. And I remember I had read an article about, and I want to say it was Richard Jefferson, but I remember reading an article and it was talking about the off season and how, um, exactly what I was just talking about, right? How he worked with Jefferson in the off season. And it was just, Hey, hit this shot. This is a shot you got to hit. This is what we need you to do. This is how you'll succeed on this team. This is how, you know, your career can continue and you'll have a longer career if you just figure out how to do these things. Hit this shot, play defense. And I remember I asked him about it and I said, I'm like, oh, so I, uh, could you elaborate a little bit on, you know, just the role that you want Richard Jefferson to play? I was reading an article that discussed the fact that you guys worked with them, blah, blah. like just, you know, detailed, but also acknowledge that hey i read a little bit and i remember pop was like hmm, and he gave me a legit answer and i was and i remember in my head being like yes <laughs> like so happy but i'll be honest i was more happy about the fact that i got crushed by pop in a scrum because i felt like that was more of a badge of honor than like yeah of course you can ask a good question the goal should be to ask good questions and most often than not most often than not if you ask a good question, they're going to give you a good answer. Most often than not. Now, we've seen Pops work, but <laughs> I still remember that moment. I always remember that moment because it was so funny. Um, I don't even know how I got on that tangent. Oh, talking about Utah. That's what it was. Because I know people are fired up about Utah Watanabe. Um, 
let me see where the comments are at. And again, if you are watching this podcast live, wherever you are watching it, streaming live, if you are on uh, Instagram right now, or if you are on Twitter, the chat normally bubbles up on YouTube. So if you really want to, you know, join in the chat and the full conversation, that's where a lot of the regulars are. That's where the chat really gets going night in, night out. Sometimes they're doing their own show in there, having a great conversation, and I'm trying to jump in at certain points. But that's where it's really going down on YouTube. So go to YouTube.com. If you're at, if you're on Instagram right now, click the link in bio. Everyone else, just click YouTube and go to uh, the channel Sheldon Alexander. That's where you can find the pod. But everyone else, or you could just stay where exactly where you're at, and you could send in your comments and questions there. And I will get to those comments as well. As you know, let me get to uh, Rahul here on IG, who says, Masai and the Raps have to retain Gary Trent at all costs. I would assume that's part of the plan. Yeah, I would assume that's part of the plan. So I think that's what Masai's working on. But speaking of Gary Trent Jr., can we talk about my guy's fit? Like, yo. <laughs> if you were watching that game and you saw the swag my guy was rocking tonight, like, yo. When, whenever, I hope he's back in Toronto next year when things open back up and things are normal and he will fit right into that Toronto wave. Like, I don't think, like, I guess he might know because his dad obviously played here. So his dad probably would give him some background on just what Toronto is really, really like, you know, because I think Americans know a little bit, but it's still a different level when you actually come and experience it. Right. But yeah, my guy, my guy's extra wavy today <laughs> to sit on the bench to watch this game. Um. Uh, let me go over to YouTube, though. Glow Girl Smile, as always, with the first comment, says, How about that? The Raptors win on the second night of a back-to-back. OG was impressive at the shooting guard posi- position. 54 rebounds, 54 points in the paint. Uh, Someone else says, So I hear this is the chat to be in for the postgame. <laughs> yes, I would agree with that. Dub C says, Those Spurs jerseys are too nice. And was Pop's hair always that long and slick? Nah, man, Pop, I mean, we're in the pandemic, right? So maybe haircuts, he doesn't trust whoever the team barber is, maybe. Maybe his normal barber's still shut down, you know? That's it. You got a lot of people, I mean, shouts to Clean Cuts. I can't wait for Clean Cuts to be open up again, just for my guys Skip and crew to be back doing what they do best. Like, it's not even about me, like... You know, I've had my moments, obviously, where I got the gruff going with the beard and being all dirty and the hairs getting on. Yeah. So it's not even about me, though. I just hope for their sake, everything opens back up soon so they can do it. Because, you know, I feel for the small businesses like that where they're doing everything right. I went there while it was open and, you know, everything was super safe. They were doing everything super safe and super well. And it's it sucks that. I was going to say something and I don't want to turn this into political, but it it sucks what's going on right now and how this has been bobbled by every single politician involved. But I digress. Pop's hair. Yeah. Maybe that's on a wave too, much like Gary Trent Jr. (laughs) Gary Trent Jr.'s fit. So is Pop's hair. (laughs) Tammy says, just starting to watch. I was away. So this was a good one. I would say, Tammy, it was a good game. Uh, There haven't been many good games as of late, but this was, I would say it was a good game. You're getting to see, and again, more important than the result. Like I said this last night after the loss, and I'll say it again tonight after the win. At this stage, and I know, I'm pretty sure the Bulls lost, so that means the Raps are one game back of 10th spot for the play-in tournament. I'll let everybody, I'm not going to try to tell anybody how they should feel about the play-in tournament. You're either going to care about it or you're not going to care about it. I'm not going to try to convince you either way, right? Because whatever, that's on you. If you want to care about the play-in tournament, cool. If you don't, I totally understand. I'm fully on the wave where I just want Jalen Green on the Raptors, however they figure out how to do that. I'm with it. So, yeah. But... What I was saying, though, in terms of this being a good one, don't worry so much about the result. 
because the result, cool. They're going to win some games. They're going to lose some games down the stretch here. But you're trying to see more continued development from Malachi. You're trying to see, can OG's offensive game develop a little more? You're trying to see, hey, can Kem Birch be a rotation guy for you going forward? Can Boucher continue his strong season as of late? These are the things you're starting to see. And, you know, in this game where guys have obviously a lot more rope because, you know, there's not as many players in the lineup, you see things where it looked a little sloppy at times, right? You're seeing like, oh, guys are doing a little too much, but they have to. But you have to also roll with those punches because that's just the situation you're in right now where it's development. Uh, Asmi says, yeah, I'm surprised we won too. Not mad at it though. Yeah, I mean, I know you guys as a diehard Raps fans, you want to see wins. You want to be watching wins. You don't want to watch losses. I totally understand that. And I'm not mad at anybody for that. Because again, rooting for tanking is so strange, especially when you know your team is not built that way, right? Like the Sixers thing became somewhat of a joke, but the Sixers were purposely putting out players that weren't NBA players, right? Like they were intentionally trying to lose from the start of the season to the end of the season. This Raptors team is not that. This Raptors organization is not that. And I'd even argue, even now that the Sixers have a quote-unquote good team, they're still trying to learn how to win. Like, win-win. Not just, okay, cool, we've had a good regular season. So it takes a while. It takes a while to build that. Logan says, with Chicago losing like this, we still got a chance, LOL. Ali says, Raptors therapy is now in session. Dr. Sheldon is leading us. <laughs> I'm trying, man. I'm trying. Dub C, Birch just seems to fit right in uh, from the gritty get-go. From the giddy get-go. My bad. Uh, yeah. The Raptors, the thing too, what we've learned about Nick Nurse is that he's able to adjust. So even with all the guys that were out in the pregame, you heard him talk about the fact, oh, that's fine. We'll just play big. That's what Nick Nurse does. He adjusts and he's going to put people in the best position to succeed. And I always go back to this because I think the best example was when he first took over as head coach, one of the first things he did was he went down to Miami to see Serge and he talked to Serge about, hey, we're going to try to platoon you and JV at the center. Sometimes he's going to start. Sometimes you're going to start. But we want to we want you guys to each play center because we think it'll work better for the both of you and overall for the team. And what happened? Serge played the best basketball since his early OKC days. Ever since. JV played some of the best basketball. And the Raptors team, obviously, played the best basketball of the entire franchise's existence. I say all that to say when you take someone like Kem Birch and you're coming into the Raptors, this is why people trust when the Raptors pick up a guy off the scrap heap or the Raptors draft somebody. People trust that because they know what the situation is from Nick Nurse. And what you get once you get inside the organization, they're going to work with you to build on your strengths, work on your weaknesses, but they're going to overall put you in a position to succeed. And you're seeing that with Ken Birch early on because my guy, you know, plug and play, it just seems that he, he's been able to figure it out. Even Gillespie looks like he's been able to figure it out. Makes me wonder about Aaron Baines, but story for another day. Solomon says, every Raptor win nowadays is a feel-good win. That's fair. Again, I'm not going to knock anybody who wants to watch wins. Tanking, like, again, because there's no LeBron. I want Jalen Green, but he's not LeBron. So I'm not going to, like, sit here and be like, ah, oh, they should be losing every single game. Would I like to see them get a high draft pick? Of course. But I'd also more importantly want to see the guys that are currently on the team continue to develop. And hey, there's other ways you can move up in the draft. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> oh, what else do we got here? Uh, K2's Garnett. When Utah is that aggressive on offense, he's a completely different beast. Good game from everyone today. Susan says... Uh, Pop's COVID hairstyle looks like the professor from Back to the Future. <laughs> That's true. Good call there, Susan. Good call. Logan, Bert seems like a great fit for sure. Just wish he was two to three inches taller. LOL. Man still got hops. This is true. 
Um, I think he's all right, though. I think he's all right. I think once we, we you know, get him in the lab for a full offseason, working with the Raps coach, coaches, I think we'll see more from Birch. I think, it'll, I think he'll be pleasantly surprised. Reed says... Nick giving Freddie and Kem the reins at center made the difference. You can see the Raptors weather, weather the pressure of the rebounds. Uh, Boucher was pushed around as much. Boucher wasn't pushed around as much. I think that's what that should say. But yeah, Boucher playing the four as opposed to playing the five helps. Definitely. So, and Pascal can handle the ball enough to play a bit on the perimeter. Right, you just use what you have to your advantage, and the Raptors just got on the glass. Everyone got on the glass. They won that battle. And for the opposing team, you're driving in the lane, and you're just driving into big bodies, longer bodies. So that was a lot tougher too for the Spurs. Uh, K2's Garnett says the official term is rest for Lowry, not injured. We're basically trying to tank, but the bulls are too shit to pull away from us. LOL. Yeah. And the other part about Kyle Lowry, as I've been saying, is that do you really think Kyle Lowry at this point, right? Of course, Kyle wants the team to do good. Of course he wants wins. Of course he wants all of that. But like the play in tournament for Kyle Lowry means something different, Right. Like, he's going to play, he's going to go ham, cool. But at the end of the day, he's wants to, you know, make sure that he's a thousand percent healthy. Jody says, Baines was looking great, dot, 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 on the bench. <laughs> I like it, I like it, I like it. Ali, or no, Dub C says, Montreal producing legit ballers. Totally agree with that. We'll, we'll have more of that on, uh, on the broadcast this weekend. That's a tease. Um, Ali says, Utah had a good game. My guy is finally shooting threes. OG had a great game. And seeing Freddie G and Birch reminded me of how a competent center changes things for this team. Oof. Susan also says, OG's post-game interview was lit. He wore it first. LOL. Do we really think that? I love OG. Because the thing is, we don't hear much from OG. But when we do... It always seems like it's a classic. It's fair. That's fair. Uh, uh, more comments. Boucher and Birch should be called the Bloc Quebecois. <laughs> See what you did there. Uh, more comments. Uh, we got to come up with something better and more creative. That's fair. We can rock. We can give that some time. We got time. For the rest of the season, we'll be trying to come up with a good nickname for Birch and uh, Birch and Boucher. And not the killer bees. <laughs> and says, it's crazy how my feelings keep switching between, okay, we are tanking anyways, to let's go, play in tournament. <laughs> I feel like you rep the the entire fan base. I think that's what the entire fan base and then the media does. Because, you know, after the loss, it's, oh, well, you know, tanking. And then they'll win and it'll be like, oh, this team's too good to tank. <laughs> it's like stop riding the wave of you know they're gonna win some games they're gonna lose some games clearly they're gonna lose a lot more games than they're gonna win so my viewpoint is always well what is your expectations from the get-go right what do you want to see from the get-go what do you want to see from the start because you know i got called a hater for saying if they finished above six that would be a massive accomplishment but really what i was trying to say was there's a lot of things that they would have to overcome in this whole season and if your starting point is already a lack of depth and then you have a history of dudes who get health who get hurt and we know that covid was going to be a problem at certain points we know living in tampa was going to be a problem at certain points there's a lot going on so the point i'm trying to make here is it's tough, I know, but just try not to ride the wave because you're just going to get wrapped up and it's going to get very tough. So that's what I'm saying. Hope that you see more development from Malachi, root on our Montreal boys, see how all that plays out. Raps are likely to get swept or lose one game if they make it to the playoffs. Oof. Uh, I don't care what anyone says. JTJ has mad style. Yeah, I don't think anyone can disagree with that. My guy's definitely on a wave. 
as me. Is it weird that I don't want to make the play-in? I don't care where we fall in the draft either. I just want the guys to be healthy and come back to Toronto refreshed. Yeah, I could understand that. The play-in tournament is kind of weird, right? Like, you know, the Raptors team fully healthy, I think could give the Sixers a go in the playoffs. I'm not saying they win, but I'm saying they could give the Sixers a go in the playoffs. Nick Nurse would try and come up with something to mess with the Nets for sure. And, you know, the Raps would be enough of a pest and OG would be locked in trying to slow down one of those dudes. Like, again, the Raptors don't win, but I don't think that they make it close against the Nets. Like, they might get a game against the Nets just because the Nets are, like, checked out and figuring out some things still and the Raps just crash the boards or whatever. So I can totally understand that. And again, if you're Kyle Lowry in this team with this championship mentality, are you really bought into getting in the play-in tournament just so that you can play the Nets in the first round? It's one thing if you were to win a round and then play the Nets, but I don't know. That seems tough. Seems tough. OG with another solid performance. I like that he understands the offense comes from his defensive play. Models his game after Kawhi. Pascal plays better too if he follows the same game plan. MC Maestro. That's an interesting comment there. Can't say I disagree. Um, the OG Kawhi stuff, we need to chill on. I've always said that. But I understand the point that you're trying to make. Um, I also saw a clip of Kawhi on the bench tonight. Kawhi looked like he had an interesting fit on as well. Not quite the Gary Trent Jr. fit. But I was still like, hmm, okay, okay. Uh, someone laughing at me because I think I was talking about PlayStation earlier. Uh, what else do we got? We could have lost that game because of Boucher's critical mistake in the fourth. Yeah, I mean, you're going to see mistakes like that because you got a lot of guys. You're asking a lot from guys who aren't used to being in those positions. And so... It's going to happen. You're going to see mistakes like that. That's just the reality of where this team is at this point. I'll scroll down to the bottom, see if I can get some more comments, though. Uh, Cody says, Portland fan here. How has Gary Trent Jr. been playing for you guys? He has that dog in him. Well, first off, shouts to you, Cody, and shouts to the Portland Trailblazers. Uh a team that a lot of times after Raps games are done and I'm posting the pod, I'm flicking around and I'm always happy when the Blazers are on. Exciting team, always love watching them. Uh, I think everyone in Toronto loves Gary Trent Jr. Uh, not only has he come in and played really well, the swag, everyone's down with that. Um, and Toronto fans love those guys that bust their ass on defense. They love the guys who do that more so than the scoring. The scoring and all that, cool. We'll take that. We'll like that. But the fact that he comes out and plays hard defense as well and is always going going ham, that's what people enjoy a lot. Uh, what do you think of Norman Powell? <laughs> so, yeah, let's see. Cody also says many Portland fans wanted to trade CJ McCollum, slide him into the starting two, and get back a wing with the CJ trade. Oof. Yeah, I could see that, but that's where that bond with Dame comes in, right? And if Dame's really riding with CJ, you can't trade CJ. And and I know even if it might have been the better move for the team, you still can't trade CJ if that's Dame's road dog. You can't do that. You just can't because the other part of this is, you know, Dame has put everything into that team and Dame has stayed when he probably could have left. And I know as I'm saying this, this is sounding a lot like what someone could have been saying about DeMar and Kyle. <laughs> and I totally get that. I totally, totally get that. But yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. And, and I had to catch myself there because I'm like, yeah, I guess Raptors fans could have said the same thing about DeMar and Kyle. And then the Raps traded DeMar and got Kawhi and won a chip. So I don't know. I don't know. And obviously Kyle wasn't consulted when uh, <laughs> when uh, DeMar was traded. But I think maybe that might be a different situation. Because I don't know if the, if the, the Blazers have flamed out of the playoffs 
consistently as the Raptors have. The Blazers dealt with a lot of injuries and that kind of screwed them over, but yeah. Uh, what else we got here? Cody says, understandable, man. Can't hurt Dame's feelings that way. He's fully devoted to us. Agreed. York Baller also says, DeMar had to go because Kawhi was legit. True. And we also don't know, like, we're talking about trading CJ, but we don't know what CJ could bring back. Right? Like, DeMar was able to bring you back Kawhi Leonard. I don't think Kyle was going to be able to bring you back to uh, Kawhi Leonard. Did I say DeMar Leonard, by the way? I feel like I said DeMar Leonard. Uh, Fly Miss says, hey, Sheldon, did you see Tatum talking about how he's still not 100% after facing COVID? He, he uses a puffer. He still uses a puffer before games. Actually, the thing is that Tatum never used a puffer before, and he started using a puffer since he got COVID. Um, hearing him talk about that was weird, man, because... I get it. I totally understand it. Um, it's just, it's weird because we're conflicted as, as sports fans, right? Like we're here and the NBA means so much to us and we're watching it every night and where we're fully locked in. And then you hear my dude talk and you're just like, oh yeah, like that's kind of crazy. And you realize we don't fully know what the, the effects are of this long term. But we know my guy's been affected, right? Saying that he has to use a puffer now just to before games. Like, that's crazy. No? I don't know, man. That 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 also scares me, too. I can't even lie. Can't even lie. Uh, yeah, I saw that, too. York Baller put, brings up that Siakam said he lost a lot of weight. I want to say that I saw that Siakam said he lost, like, 15 pounds. I mean, I... <laughs> It was weird. At one point, I remember I looked at my face in the mirror and it looked like it scared me because my face looked so sucked in and like it it scared me, right? And I don't weigh myself at all, so I couldn't tell you exactly how much weight I lost when I got COVID, but it was kind of messed up. It was super messed up. And when you tell me these guys are coming back after two weeks and checking in and playing NBA games... Wow. Yeah. I don't even know what to say. I don't even know how to transition off that. I'll just try to find another comment to read off that. Um, but, you know, I, I, it sucks that Jason Tatum went through it. But on the flip side, if there is a silver lining, I think it's cool that he's talking about it. Because it gives people some insight and, and gives us a reality check into what's actually happening. And, you know... As Toronto fans, we're here in Canada. So what's going on with the Canucks is making major news right now. And so the Canucks coming back to play. And, uh, you know, their whole team was wiped out with COVID. Like, and serious sickness too. And they're supposed to come back and play on Friday. And you heard one of their players come out against that today. So, you know, it, it's tough. It's tough as we balance this line of being fans and wanting sports to be back and wanting it to be safe. But then at certain points you have to stop and be like, wait a second, is this safe? Is this worth it? And I don't have the answers. And I'm saying that as someone who obviously makes their livelihood off of sports, I'm saying this as someone who was really, really sick from COVID as well. So it's a very like, there is no right answers. I just feel like the more that we're able to have these conversations, I think the better it is overall because you help other people through it because they realize, oh, I'm not the only one. And you also, you know, the people who maybe don't understand enough about it gain a better understanding of what actually is going on as we try to all get over this because we should all be on the same side of this, right? Like, nobody wants a lockdown. Nobody wants to take needles. Nobody wants to wear a mask, but we're all the people who are doing it are doing it to try to get to the end of this. Does that make sense? But anyways, um, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Cause that is something I did see earlier that I did want to touch on cause I saw it, but yeah, more comments though. Let's see. It looks like Cody's taking over the chat here with a lot of, a lot of, uh, Portland, Portland talk here which I appreciate. I love when the, when the chat gets going on something else. Uh, K2's Garnett says, Tatum cooked him last night in a big win and he can handle a guard. 
and it's so valuable. Um, yeah, that that Blazers that Blazers Celtics game was really good last night. Did y'all see that Carmelo move? Melo still cooking, still cooking. What else we got here? Oh, there, now the argument is about giving up. Uh, how worth it it was to give up uh, Demar Derozan. Logan says worth it ten out of ten times for the chip. <laughs> They're saying it had to be done. Any team would have. Yep. Uh, now we're talking about Kawhi. Uh, oh, I saw this. MC Maestro says maybe for another discussion. I think Pascal early on was playing for his father and got to the mountaintop, but now he has to find a deeper personal motivation to be successful. Hmm. I don't know. That's interesting. I don't I don't know like obviously I'm not going to speak to, you know, the levels of him playing for his father. We obviously know he's spo- he's spoken about how much his family and his father in particular have impacted him and inspired him on his journey to get to where he's gotten to. Um as he continues, it's 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 interesting because I want to see just how he continues to develop, right? And I don't know what that motivation is going to be. I don't know what that motivation is. But that's a guy that's been through a lot over the last year. And the hope is maybe when things settle back down, you know, he could figure some things out. And you'll see his career continue to, you know, improve and, and head in the same direction that it was a couple years ago. That's what we think. That's what we hope, right? Uh, crucial fact says, honestly, the raps just missed one star, a real big man at the center. We got all the skill and potential. Yeah. I mean, the raps aren't as far off as we think, right? They just seen a couple legit pieces and they could be good. They really could. Uh, Lucas says one game back of 10th hype. <laughs> oh man. That's funny. Uh, let's talk rap says, hello, Sheldon. Nice raps win. People are really fired up about this. eh? uh, can the raps get a win streak schedule wise? Oof. Um, how much are you paying JTJ? I don't know. I saw someone tried to say, or I guess maybe Portland was trying to leak out that they were trying to pay him 15 mil or he would have cost them 15, which is a little, it's more than they were willing to pay him. Uh, if you're the raps, I assume you'd be able to pay him 15 mil and you do that because Norm was probably going to cost you 20. So if it was 15 for Gary Trent Jr., maybe, but it might even be a little less than that. And I think the raps would totally be down with that. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out for sure. Uh, Freddie served his suspension and maybe he'll be back next game. That's true. That is very true. Uh, what else we got here? I'm not mad at Masai for selling our soul for a chip. Demar was a poster boy of an era of mediocrity. And you know what's funny? As I saw Kyle and Demar talking to each other, I thought about how much differently I view them now after the chip than I did during the run, before the chip, right? Like, because to me it wasn't it wasn't necessarily mediocrity because i mean heck they made it to the conference final right and they lost in the second round to lebron like the other years at the peak of where, when they were there right and to me the issue was that at no point did i ever believe that they could beat lebron and the cavs in the playoffs i know that some fans did i know that some you know media people did and i get that and i understand that So for me, it wasn't that they were mediocre. It's just that I never believed that they could win a chip. So it wasn't that I thought they were mediocre. So now when I look back on it, I look back on on them as like, oh no, well, it was an era that brought respectability. And I think that part was very important because the championship clouds a lot of stuff now. And just the way and the things that we talk about the raps, the moments that we used to big up the raps for, like if you talk about what were the biggest playoff moments or the biggest moments in franchise history before the championship run, right? Like that's when you start to realize, oh, it's franchise, there's not a lot there, right? So 
to me, it, it doesn't, it's not that they represent mediocrity. To me, they brought back respectability. You know, they gave the franchise respectability and they were part of the foundation of what things will be going forward. And I always say this because I feel like we always talk about DeMar and Kyle, but we leave out Dwayne Casey because I feel like Dwayne Casey played a huge part in both Kyle and DeMar's development and just what this team and the foundation they were able to build with the program, quote unquote. That's just me, though. So, yeah, as the program continues, it's a win. Some people are happy with the win. Some people are not happy with the win, depending on which side you're on in terms of the draft pick. So Raptors win, Raptors win, Raptors win. I don't know. Raptors fan base seems conflicted, but it doesn't matter because we know what this team's going to do and this team is going to continue to give effort. They might win some games, they might lose some games, but as of now, after a 117-112 victory against the San Antonio Spurs, your Toronto Raptors now sit just one game out of 10th place in the Eastern Conference. One game out of the last play-in tournament spot. And hey, if that happens, anything is possible. Right? Two games, you win two games, you're in the playoffs. I mean, hey, what more can you ask for? You're telling me there's a chance, right? <laughs> I know a lot of people just want a chance. So, Toronto Raptors win against the San Antonio Spurs and your boy, DeMar DeRozan, behind a big game from Pascal Siakam, who had 20 points. 11 rebounds, 6 assists for Pascal. OG Ananobi, though, was a high scorer with 22 points as 5 Toronto Raptors starters scoring double digits. 5. That's big. Especially when you consider that those 5 starters do not include Kyle Lowry, do not include Fred Van Fleet, do not include Gary Trent Jr. So, hey, the foundation of this Raptors team, I've been saying it, it's going to make it hard to quote-unquote tank. I don't think that's part of it. They might try to rest guys, but the guys they got coming up behind, they're no scrubs. So, 117, 112, one game out of the play-in tournament. Let me know what you guys think. Continue to send in your comments and questions wherever you've been watching this podcast. As we stream live after each and every Toronto Raptors game, you can find us on Twitch, on Blast Podcast, on YouTube at shell alexander on twitter shell alexander and on instagram at sheldon alexander and of course if you ever miss a pod know we got you covered the next day online wherever you get your pods that's apple podcast spotify soundcloud google play and the aforementioned youtube please like and subscribe to the youtube channel that's how you support the pod and show us love here as Wrap It Up is part of the On Blast Podcast Network. Just know Wrap It Up is a show. On Blast is a network. That's how you support the movement by liking and subscribing on YouTube. Thanks, guys, for tuning in as always. And as I always say, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up On Blast Raps post game show, as always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya.